This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, Frida Liu here, and today is New Year's Eve and the last day of the present year. Coincidentally, it's also the last Monday of the month. As usual, we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham with us in our Tools for Transformation series. So today we decided to do things differently. Instead of exploring a new topic, we're going to review the issues covered uh, in this series in the past year and talk about uh, Sheila's wish list for the coming year. And I guess it's also about reviewing 2018 um, and also the 2019 wish list, right? If you were to summarize what we've uh, talked about uh, in the series since January this year. Wow, how time has flown. Uh, what are some of the uh, key points you would like to highlight? Okay, as you know, Frida, my company is named Human Equation for a Purpose because we are always focusing on people, on the human equation in organizations, which I feel sometimes is very much sidelined uh, in favor of you know other things. What I've spoken this year is organizational culture. It is so very important because it affects all performance. If you've got good culture, you're going to get better performance. And if you have negative culture, it's going to cause all kinds of things like medical problems, you know, um, absenteeism, uh, turnover and stuff like that. So a positive culture makes the company the desired employer. Mm. Everyone wants to go and work for a company with a positive culture and to grow with that company. And it also keeps morale high. When morale is high, people are loyal. They want to be committed. They want to belong. They want to contribute, right? So many and and, uh, this uh, positive culture fosters trust and transparency, now, speaking of trust and transparency, that's something else that we spoke about mm. in, in one of the past months. Um, these are the next two points I'd like to highlight. Transparency in an organization breeds trust. Mm. And trust is essential for employees to feel safe and comfortable and to have what I call rapport, not just with the company, but with each other. Mm. Okay. Um, I have spoken of trust as a workplace currency, meaning that if you give your people trust, in return, they'll give you loyalty, commitment, they will stay. It's a myth to say that people move just for the money. People move where they feel comfortable and they feel respected and where there's trust. Now, Harvard researcher Paul Zak discovered that people in high-trust companies reported 50% higher productivity and 76% more engagement. Yet every time I go into companies to do training or fact-finding, I just find there's just so much of a lack of trust. Oh, if we trust our people and give them more leeway, they'll walk all over us. And I'm like, why don't you just give it a shot first before you make that decision? Hmm. You know? Okay. Now, trust and transparency is connected to communication. I always tell people the rule of thumb is communicate, communicate, communicate. Constant two-way communication is the best way to foster trust. Now, when management keeps uh, management uh, keep employees in the loop about what's happening in the organization, then people feel that they belong. People feel trusted, and it it you know, and and you need to do this on a sustainable basis. Okay, sometimes when there's a crisis, the company is going through a crisis. You just keep quiet and hope that no one will know about it. You bury your head in the sand and hope it'll go away. But it doesn't go away. Today is the day of, I mean, this is the era of social media. Somebody's going to post something somewhere and then it's all going to break out. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just doing training in a company which is going through sort of like financial crisis. And I thought, 
I was there during the trade uh, the day when the CEO decided to have a town hall and speak very frankly to the employees about what was happening. And he admitted, you know, we cannot blame the market conditions. We saw what was coming, but we were complacent. We were top of the hill and we were complacent thinking nobody else could come and take away any of our market share and we would never, you know, go into the red. And the employees were riveted. Hmm. And I thought that was amazing. So this was kind of like a break in our trading because of the schedule town hall. Then after that, when I went back to training, I said, what do you all feel about that? And everyone said, we feel trusted. Hmm. You know, we feel that finally management is coming clean. And when they asked him all kinds of questions, the CEO was just very calm and he admitted to the mistakes of the past. Hmm. So I think communication is so important. Companies need to set up a platform for communicating um, you know, so that they get two-way feed- feedback. You know, um, they give feedback to their people regularly, and the people give them feedback. And speaking of feedback, that that's another topic we spoke about. Hmm. Um, organizations should allow a feedback culture. People want to contribute, and when things go wrong, you really need to listen to what people are saying. You know, many of the people uh, who are interfacing with external stakeholders, for example, customers and so on, they really get a grasp of what's happening in the market. So you really should listen to them. I mean, I I give you the example of a a managing director of a company, of a property company, who had some marketing experience and was interested in design. And he decided to come up with, you know, sort of direct the architects to come up with a certain design and a marketing strategy and put these units in the market. Hmm. Two years later, 20% of the units were sold. Hmm. And it was kind of like a really losing, um, you know, asset for the company. And you, you can't do things like that. You can't design products and, and things based on a whim. You need to be talking to the relevant stakeholders to see that what you're producing is relevant. Having said that, uh, I just came back from a training program and many of them were middle managers, senior managers, but at the middle management level. And they started off the program very sort of lackadaisical and like, okay, we're here and you're going to tell us all these things and we go back and practice. But then, you know, our senior management is just going to squash us, squash everything that we are trying to say. And they said, you know, we go up to them. They say, give us feedback, give us ideas. We go up to them, we give them the feedback. And then they turn around and say, well, no, we can't apply that. And they don't even tell us the rationale right. or why. Because if they told us the rationale, then the next time we came up to do sort of a solution, uh, provide solutions, we would know um, what to do and what not to do. When people come up to an organization and give you feedback on what is happening um, and how to improve and what needs to be addressed and um, something that might be leading to a crisis, People need to listen. You cannot sweep it under the carpet yeah. and think that it's going to go away. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the companies, uh, you know, as you mentioned, whether in financial or reputational uh, crisis, right? Uh, and the employees are pre- apprehensive about their future. So as they move forward into a new year, how should these companies address the concerns of the people? They need to talk to their people. They need to talk to their people either in groups or individually, depending on who's most affected. Um, If there is uh, counselling required, they need to arrange for someone to come in to provide counselling for the people who most 
deeply deeply affected by the crisis. Now, even in a financial crisis, when you've got retrenchments and so on, there are people who are going to be retrenched, um, whom you need to counsel. You can't just give them severance pay and say, okay, well, we don't need you anymore. Thank you for serving us for 20 years. These people will be traumatized. They'll feel unappreciated. They'll feel betrayed. So you need to give them that um, sort of... Um, Assurance. Assurance, yeah. right? Mm. And then also um, you need to tell people who remain, for example, what is being done to address the crisis, what are the steps being done, and to garner their support. You, I mean, sometimes you need to have a strong hand in dealing with the crisis, especially in instances where, like, you know, there's been CBT, mismanagement of um, resources and that sort of thing, then you need to come on strong and say, so-and-so, those people need to go, right? But the rest of the people need to be told that uh, uh, the mistakes that have been made have to be admitted. Hmm. The, now, the thing is, when whenever you go and admit a mistake, People look upon you more kindly. There's more empathy for you in that situation as an employer. All right? Mm. When people don't update their employees, then what happens is speculation starts. Now, having been in the media, say, 10 years ago, and I started 20 years ago, and I can tell you that 20, 30 years ago when there was no internet, no social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that, when things happen, somehow you can mitigate. Like you can tell mm. people, don't publish, keep quiet about it. Cannot anymore. You can't do it anymore. If you don't come out and say something, people are going to start saying things on social media. Disgruntled employees can tell people who will post it and you will never know where the source is coming. So uh, <laughs> the thing about social media is once the thing goes around, it's very hard to contain it. You can come up with a statement and say, well, you know, that's not entirely true. The, the old adage that uh, there is no smoke without fire doesn't hold true anymore. Mm. There doesn't need to be a fire. If people see smoke, that's enough. Yeah. Okay, that company becomes tainted by that smoke. So Perception can be as damaging as the actual fact. Hmm. You know, somebody just starts a rumor and that can be damaging to you as well. So it's best to talk to the employees first. The minute a crisis happens, you need to talk to the employees first and give them a clear picture of what's happening and the steps that you're taking to mitigate it, you know, and resolve the situation um, before you talk to the external stakeholders. But yet many companies, what they do, you know, when they're going into a merger, are they going into an acquisition because of financial loss and all that? They let that happen and then only they go and talk to the employees. Now, I understand sometimes that um, policy does not allow you to reveal too much, especially if you're like a public listed company or a government related linked entity, right? But at the end of the day, uh, you need to learn to find a balance and manage that. Hmm. Maybe get an employees to sign an NDA or something like that on on what you're telling them, so that uh, you know it doesn't go out to the external stakeholders first. Um, and then uh, another thing is sometimes management in managing a crisis, they just very arbitrarily decide that okay, this is how we're going to do it. Now I understand if the Thing needs to be addressed immediately, like you've got a 24-hour window or something. Fast decisions have to be made. You can't be talking to all your employees. But if there is an ongoing thing and it's going to take, like, say, months to resolve, why not ask your people 
what do they think mm. is, are some of the best ways to address. For example, if you got a like staff of you know so many hundred, instead of retrenching, maybe you your you could your employees might suggest look. Let's just take a pay cut yeah. to allow everybody to still have a job. Mm. And then when things are better, we reinstate the salary. Mm. That I remember one of my previous employers did that. Right. You know, back during the financial crisis in the 90s, uh, they actually instituted a 10% pay cut for mm. everyone. We didn't like it. But when we heard that it was going to help save the yeah. jobs of some of our colleagues, we said, okay, nah, never mm. mind. And then with the promise that we'll revisit in a year's time, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. And they did. When yeah. things got better and all that revenue went up they did reinstate our salaries mm. and for us there was also a sense of, of of achievement fulfillment that oh my god because I got to keep my job at full salary somebody else had to be retrenched that didn't happen right? right. Okay. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singham uh, from Human Equation uh, we're talking about uh, reviewing 2018 and the 2019 wish list of course our New Year's Eve special here on Race Again BFM 89.9 Bold Fearless Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Race Again. Good morning, Frida Liu here. Uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation, our Tools for Transformation series. We're concluding uh, this year's uh, series with reviewing 2018 and a 2019 wish list. Of course, Sheila, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, some of the things that we, we discussed over the year as well. And, we you know, we've discussed topics like the importance of a clear organizational culture and feedback culture, trust as a workplace currency, uh, giving employees a sense of ownership through collaboration and co-creation, and so on, you know, all these things this year, right? What more do you think employees today are looking for in their employers? Well, they want an open environment, that's for sure. Um, physically as well as, you know, metaphorically, more openness. They want flat structures. The flatter the structure, the more rapport there is, mm. the more trust and transparency there is. Employees really don't like hi- too much hierarchy. They want to be listened to and their feedback acted upon. Right? Otherwise, why bother? You know, why bother eliciting it? They want regular conversations and meaningful conversations, closer working relationships. One of the things they would want is flexibility in working hours. And that relates to trust again. If I can do the job just as well and de- give, you know, deliver whatever I need to in the week by working at home, why not let me? Why do I need to sit there from nine to five and you look at me when half of the time I might be on Facebook or on the phone or, you know, having cigarette breaks and coffee breaks with long lunches and all that? Better you let me work from home, deliver everything on time and have that time for myself. Mm. Another thing is, okay, variety and diversity of tasks. We're getting more millennials coming into the market and and then soon, we're going to have Gen, Gen, Gen Z. Z coming into the market. Already some. Uh, yeah. Already some, already mm. starting to work. So uh, they want more diversity. They want to be doing the same old, same old thing. So you need to be looking at maybe cross-departmental uh, functions that you know you can engage them to do mm. um, putting them, moving them around in an organization to gather more experience and so on. And these people also like to be included in decision-making, especially when it concerns staff welfare. Mm. I mean, if you want to go and look at, uh, there's a company, I know that their employee engagement uh, strategy, one of their tactics was to go and give everyone in the week an, an apple for the week to show appreciation and the people were just laughing at it. The people saying, I mean, we would rather you give us, you know, Malaysians, makan is important, right? Uh, give us uh, some nice food for that week right. to show appreciation would be an apple. Some of us don't <laughs> even eat apple. Did they think to ask us, you know? All right. And I think to be comfortable 
and relaxed in their workplace to feel safe mm. in in whatever they want to say and uh, the ideas they want to give and maybe small risks they want to take to try out new ideas and so on. And then I think also they want um, appreciation. Mm-hmm. They want credibility and integrity from their employers, which has been so lacking. They want their, their bosses, their leaders to walk the talk. And I think also fair treatment without racial, religious or sexual prejudice. Like, I don't look at you. And, and you know, I, I, had a, I had a training yesterday and somebody was doing a coaching role play. And he said, you know, see, I've given this person to you to coach and you're so lucky. She's so young and pretty. And I said, you cannot oh. use things like that, whether in real life or coaching role plays. I nipped it in the bud. What has her going to be young, being young and pretty got to be, got to do with her capability? Right. So we got to stop looking at that. We need to stop that kind of talk, yeah. which actually lets people think that one step late, uh, one step ahead is you are implying to this uh, uh, sort of boss, this manager that he's got a young and pretty uh, staff. So what does that mean? The next right. step is what? Ask out for dinner, is it? Right. And, and what, old and ugly isn't worth it anymore? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you know, yeah. who are you, we to make this sort of... Who are we to make this but sort of... But you're, you're right. It's very, it's very uh, prevalent that people don't even realise that that's an issue. I think one of the things is that we in, in Malaysia, we don't really have very strong laws and policies on discrimination. You know, whatever kind of district, I mean, even foreigners, mm. they are being discriminated against. Even if you might have a degree and all that, you come into a company and work and they say, oh, you're from this country. Yeah, okay, you know what? Mm. Immediately the, the, the respect, the way you're treated, the respect factor goes down. I think we all need to understand that respect is very important. Right. Respect breeds trust. Right. So what should companies be looking out for in the coming year in terms of factors that may affect performance? Okay, one of the things I think that the focus should actually turn to the customer and it should not just be about what marketing wants, what design wants, what the you know board wants, or senior exco thinks is right. Bernardo Martinez is a US managing director at a company called Funding Circle. He says, and I quote this because it's so pertinent, customers today have more choices than ever and they have shown that they will gravitate towards those who prioritize the delivery of fast, seamless and personalized service. This is true whether they are ordering lunch, getting their car repaired or making a financial transaction. He says in his industry of financial services, he's already seen large legacy companies start to fall behind smaller startups that offer better user experiences. So big companies out there have been entrenched in their tradition and think that they're king of the hill. They cannot be thinking that the same old, same old way of Mm. doing the business is going to work anymore. They need to be more customer-centric. Number two, they need to be looking at using reviews to influence business. Those days you had large uh, advertising budgets, you know, but today you really don't need that sort of large billboards and all that. If you've got the money to spend, great. But today it's customer reviews that are influencing Mm. consumers to buy. You know, uh, when you talk about influencer reviews also, but that's another thing, love. Personally, I don't have a big opinion of uh, influencers because uh, they they get a trade-off. There's a currency, like, get this, this, this treatment, and then I say nice things about you. So for me as a journalist, the integrity there is not quite there, okay? And But that's my own opinion. But if a product has a number of good reviews, people will buy. 
But if it has bad reviews or even no reviews, people are very reluctant. And then in the long run, that might spell the death knell of the product. Get right. honest reviews. Mm. And if you get the reviews that are not so good, even you need to post them, you mm. know, so that people know that you're taking their feedback seriously. But if you're going to filter and only post glowing reviews and then the bad ones, they are not posted. When people buy the product right. and see the negative side of your product, they're going to look at you and say, even your reviews lack integrity, mm. the way you're using your reviews, right? Mm. So customers should, co- companies should consider setting up on online uh, review forums to allow customers to do the marketing for them. Amazon is really good at this. Hmm. You know, every time you go to look at a book, they have customer reviews over right. there and they invite customers to post reviews. And many times I've gone to the reviews when I know nothing about the book and yeah. I've heard, it, heard about it somewhere and the reviews convinced me to buy. And then the thing is, then you buy and then they say, people who bought this book have also bought this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can, can go leave some more <laughs> You never get out. Oh my God, online marketing is terrible. <laughs> now, another thing that I believe is going to be happening next year is technology will continue to advance Mm. yes more companies are going digital in every way and I think you go digital when it's relevant right when you're looking at sourcing uh, procurement processes and all that it makes sense I have a lot of companies going digital in training and development and I think yeah that's a good thing blended learning online learning all very good but I also did training with a company which says that they have an e-learning portal no one uses it Hmm. because I do believe Frida that um, in many ways um, many services many ways of doing business um, cannot be replaced that the human touch cannot be replaced by IT Okay, so when you deliver a customer experience, there needs to there needs to be a human touch, right? Mm. So people can use technology to predict trends, yes. lah, make uh, gain information, better insight, yeah. you know, and and make their roles more efficient, but. It cannot replace relationships. The technology can help me to nudge you, yeah, to to for that for that touch. You know, like oh, you haven't done this. Ah, you know, then but then it's still that touch point. Yeah, to be more efficient and effective, mm. Okay. Another thing is employee engagement needs to become more important Mm -hmm. and companies should consider remote work options for their employees to make employment more attractive. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, how important is it for companies to to review the year that was and what are the key areas that companies should be focusing on in relation to their people? You know, I've always been a big fan of history, you know, the stories and what we can learn from them. Mm. I think history is so relevant. And sometimes we never learn. And sometimes we (laughs) never learn, yeah. In, a, in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, there is a presupposition which says there is no failure, only feedback. So look back. The things that fail, don't look upon them as failure. Don't don't beat anyone up for, you know, the, the, the lack of success in a particular venture or project. Look at what caused it to not succeed and mm. take that as feedback for the future. Okay, we should review the year that was so that we look at what mistakes we make and we don't repeat them. Mm. We should look at what gaps there are um, in terms of what we're delivering and learn to bridge them. Mm. Okay? We can also evaluate sometimes whether we're realistic or not lah, in the goals. Like, you know, optimistically setting these goals for the year and then you see that, you know, some economy takes a slump or there's a political upheaval, policy change and all that. And then you don't take that into consideration and review that goal. You know, then what are you doing? You're really being unrealistic, right? Mm. And then also companies should listen to their people. So mm. 
if companies have not had these meaningful conversations for the coming year, I think that should be one of the main things that they should institute. A platform where uh, managers and leaders have these conversations with their people uh, to enhance communication and facilitate um, you know, um, interaction because then you're going to get new ideas for new products. So the market's always changing. The landscape is changing year to year. Right. right? Day by day, day sometimes. Day by day. Like, you know, look at telephone technology yeah. and what was served me well this year next year there's a new phone with new apps coming in and mm. I, I, I'm like must have it so mm. we by seeing the, the year that was we're able to really plan year on year for what we need to do for the coming year and mm. be able to know whether we need to change midstream in our five-year plan our three-year plan and so on right now so what is your wish list for the coming year in terms of how companies should operate do you have time, Frida? <laughs> <laughs> Before 2019. <laughs> okay. Now, based on my um, experience uh, as a trainer and coach, I mean, Human Equation trains across uh, multiple companies, platforms and so on. I think that one of the main things I want to see companies doing is to find a balance between commerce and care. Mm. You know, meeting your business target, making money is important because you're a business. But at the end of the day, it should not be at the expense of caring for your people. Okay, you need to care not just for your customers' interests. And many companies are outward looking, what does the customer want? But what about the employee? Because they're your biggest asset, not your buildings and your warehouses and your aeroplanes and whatnot. Okay. Another thing I want to see is a return to integrity in the way people do business. Hmm. You know, so that how they select vendors, how they treat vendors, the absence of bribery. Really, Frida, I could do another segment with you one day on how people should treat their vendors. I'm a vendor <laughs> and I can tell you, you know, we should really should. We tell a company, you know, don't think branding is just about your logo, your adverts, uh, what you put out there for your customers. You've got to look at branding and what you're reflecting in the back end. Seriously, as well. because we say, oh, Oh, this company, uh, they always pay very late. Ah, uh, you know they take forever. You know, yeah. so it looks really good on the outside, but then your all your suppliers are people. Yeah, who will talk? Yeah, right. And it's not just payment; it's in the way that they treat their vendors mm. as well. You know, some of them are the to the point of rudeness. I I, I have a very very uh, esteemed uh, institution, a potential client. But I went for the meeting and the way they talked down to me, I was like, seriously? Do, do I want to work with do you? Do I want to work with them? Not because I was my ego was bruised or anything. You know, I think at this stage in my life, my ego has just been replaced by a lot of other things. I'm looking and saying, if that's how you're talking to an external vendor I, and, and someone you know, from another organization who owns their own company, I should just imagine how you're talking to your people. Hmm. You know, so... I think also my wish list is to see flatter structures mm. where there's more rapport, where people don't expect, you know, the, hey, hello, I am now a dato. Huh? You please address me as dato. Mm. You know what I mean? If I've been calling you James all the while and suddenly became dato, why should I call you dato James suddenly? Mm. That whole, you know, sort of hierarchy. I've had this in companies. People say I came from a, an American company where I talk to my CEO and call him in first name terms. Here I go to a Malaysian company and I have to call this person by their, their, their title you know what I mean I, I just can't get that and then um, of course uh, my wish list is also a physical environment and corporate culture that is conducive for employees to feel safe to feel comfortable to feel nurtured and to feel appreciation hmm. 
All right. Well, thanks for being with us, uh, Sheila. Um, you know, and of course, I look forward to seeing you next year. Uh, Sheila Singham from uh, Human Equation, our Tools for Transformation series. I wonder what she'll get up to next year. But it's been a pleasure and I wish you a blessed 2019. Can I just add something sure. as a final and you, note to sure. everyone? And you promise me not to make not to make me cry. Yes, many of these um, principles about you know taking care of human resource, human assets, caring for people's feelings. Now, I'm always a person who lives life in a dissociated position, mm. but I learned a lot of this from my late husband mm. and um, business partner KP Warren. So, if I may, Frida, I'd like to dedicate this particular episode to his memory. All right. Blessed 2019, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.